0: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host hello and welcome to mediumship matters with me hannah mcintyre how are you doing Oh, what a roller coaster of energy we are finding ourselves in. And I wanted to start today by talking about some stuff that me and my students were talking about last night and where we seem to be at. Because I want to talk to you about if you are not keeping up with your development practice, and there seems to be an awful lot of us in that space at the moment. I wanted to explain to you really clearly that spirit don't mind. They are not there judging you. The voice that you are hearing of judgment of it's not going to work. I haven't tried to communicate with spirit for two months. They will have left me in absolute anger for my lack of commitment to them is your own. It's your own resistance actually to your own power and the naturalness of mediumistic ability, because we like to make it, as you may have noticed, harder than it actually is. It's such a quagmire, isn't it? Mediumship development, spiritual development. And so what I'm seeing coming up for people a lot at the moment is we're getting sidetracked with life stuff, Um, we are not feeling great in ourselves at the moment. There's a lot of people who are ill, a lot of people that are run down, a lot of people dealing with big emotions rising that need to be focused on and sat with so that they can be cleared. And spirits see that, they get that. They are not there going, well, I know that Hannah is trying to survive a tornado of doom at the moment, but she's really not putting in her practice with me. That's not spirit. And so wherever you're at in yourself and your journey, I wanted to start today by just saying, it's okay. It's okay if you walk away from the spirit world and spend three years focusing on your own stuff. When you go back they're not going to be disappointed. They're not going to make you work double hard. They're not going to judge you or berate you or sulk with you. It's not like when you go on holiday and you leave your pet at the pet sitter and you come back and they hold a grudge with you for a few days because you left them. Spirit aren't like that. They get to experience the fullness of our lives through us, through our energy. So for your spirit guides, It is a mutually beneficial arrangement. There is the guidance, the support, the love that they bring you, but they also get to live through you with what you are doing, what you are experiencing. They get to see you triumph the difficult times and that feeling when you come out the other side. They get to see you um, celebrating your manifestations and pushing your limitations and developing and growing and all of the energy that that brings and they love it. And it would be naive or wrong to think that the only way you achieve or receive that those experiences is through spiritual development there is so much more to life than spirit work and this is the great irony isn't it because i'm talking to you here as somebody that is obsessed and i do feel as you know for the last few months spirit have really been getting me to focus on my life and allow space and allow gaps to be present with my life because the spirit work was taking over too much. So I was put on the naughty step. And yeah, I sulked about that. You know I did, I shared it with you, but equally I understand the value in it. I understand now what they were trying to show me, that I keep putting off life experiences and things that I want to do because of my spirit work. And that is an imbalance. You have to prioritize your spirit work if you want to develop. Yes. But equally, you have to also make sure there is balance for life experiences that you are enjoying. So today I have made my husband work from home. He's self-employed, so his boss is him. This is the irony. We are both self-employed. We could do what the heck we wanted whenever we want, but we don't. And we are going to go for a walk along the seafront and go and get lunch with the dogs. And I'm really looking forward to it. And that is so simple but not something that I've been allowing myself to do because I've been thinking, well, I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to focus on this and I'm pushing too hard. So wherever you're at, whether you feel like you're pushing too hard with your mediumship or you feel like you've dropped it all and you're focusing on your physical life, what if spirit are just completely supporting you in that? What if they're just like, yeah, girl, you sort that out or sir, gentlemen, man, whatever you want to call yourself, boy, (laughs) you sort yourself out, you focus on whatever you need to focus on and we will just be here along for the ride and when you decide to call on us we will be here. No judgment, no gaps, no time needed to take, anything like that. So if you're guilting yourself, if you're feeling like you can't go back now because it would be rude or All of those weird dialogues that we have, we all have them. I just wanted to let you know that it's okay. Now I'm going to move on to my other topic of today, which is money. Now here is an interesting thing, guys. I tried to record this podcast, all focused on money, uh, three days ago. And I did seven takes, which, as you know, is not like me. Um, And then I recorded one and I hated it. And it will not be released, I've deleted it in a fit of pious rage. Um, And I feel like I'm coming at it today from a much different energy. So again, I'm still being sort of manipulated by the spirit world to make sure I'm in the right place. Often I feel like a pawn in a game of chess being moved. Um, a, A grumpy pawn that doesn't always do as it's told, but a pawn nonetheless. So money is a big issue for me. And I would be disingenuous if I said to you, yeah, I'm full in on the money manifestation. And it's great. I read money books, um, I try and get myself into a different money mindset. But I do find myself, even with the tools that I've gained doing these, reading these books and listening to these podcasts, I still have uh, resistance to it. And I would like to tell you that that resistance comes from the adage of spirit work and that it's a gift and we shouldn't be charging for it, which I don't believe, by the way. But um, I think it actually goes way back further than that. I think this is something that comes through all of my childhood, all of my life. Um, the, The lack of enough, the worry, the fear. I have got a diary that I had when I was 11. And I have written in that diary about uh, the money worries that my family has, even though both of my parents had good jobs, and we had a really wonderful life that of course, there were bumps and lumps and stuff like that. But it was good. But I have still absorbed that fear. And it's just continued in its not-enoughness throughout my whole life. When my husband and I had our son, and he was uh, six months old, so I think we were about 25, um, maybe 26. We'd been watching loads of um, Location, Location, Location. It's a property show in the UK, if you're not familiar with it. And we had decided to put all of our money, in fact, more than we actually had, into buying this big old house um, in Kent, which is where I'm talking to you from now. But we moved in, we didn't really understand the maintenance and the requirements of an old property. We didn't realise that we were inheriting years and years and years of people sort of Taping things together and ignoring them, and hoping that they'd turn out okay, and it was a lot for us to deal with. Um, We were very, very young, very inexperienced, and and then there was the financial markets crash. So it was it was a good time, and we lived in a really difficult space. And I didn't understand then um, about. Law of attraction, manifesting, working with spirit, vibrations, it just felt like that was how life was supposed to be. It was supposed to be difficult, it was supposed to be hard, and if we endured and we struggled and we fought through it, it would somehow get better and Then I had my cooking business that I started, and i if you had spoken to me when I was doing home cook by Hannah, I would have told you. And absolutely, completely believed it, that it was my path, that it was my future. I really bought into the hustle, 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 work really hard and you will create what you want dialogue. I busted a gut. I worked 70 hour weeks. Um, No, that's not enough. Is it? I don't know. It was a lot of hours. I did. And it was really, really hard. And I had ridiculous lessons about boundaries and... Not giving so much and self-worth that I still did not integrate into my learning experience and still struggle with now. For example, I had this lady um, who I used to go and see. She was as bald as a coot, bless her heart. And I used to deliver meals to her every two weeks. And every two weeks when I went there, I would go into her incredibly smelly, dingy, lack of air flat. And I would empty her bin Or I would take the rotten vegetables out of her fridge for her or I would change a light bulb or I would, you know, various little jobs that I did um, to help her out because she was on her own and I wanted to make it nice for her. And this was the problem with Home Cooked by Hannah. I thought it was going to be like a delivery service. I would drop it on a doorstep and go. And I ended up um, being trapped in lonely people's houses for hours at a time. And just like what happened with Mrs. C, I ended up with people who didn't appreciate my time because I wasn't appreciating my time and putting a value on my time. And I remember when Mrs. C rang me up and said, I won't be having your meals anymore because it's so much cheaper for me to get meals from Marks and Spencer's. And I just felt like I'd been slapped. Because yes, Marks and Spencer's meals were cheaper, undeniably so. They weren't hand-cooked. But Marks and Spencer's won't come and empty your bin for you or help you unblock a sink or or pick up your medication or any of the things that I was doing for her that had no appreciation from her point of view. And sadly... That is a lesson that I continued into my spiritual business when I finally started making the change and working for the spirit world. And I wanted to share with you today some lessons to do with money because I have underpriced myself. I have priced myself into what I would call a high value price bracket now it's £100 for a reading with me and yet when I look at just for example all of the people that I've interviewed on this podcast those that share their prices openly on their websites I'm under the price of nearly all of them not quite all of them but nearly all of them And yet I still get flack from people online about what I charge. So here's the first lesson. It doesn't matter what you charge, somebody will always give you some shit for it. And I wanna make that clear. I had so much resistance to charging, but equally, I am in a physical body. I do need to eat. I do have to pay insurance, my website costs. There are so many costs with uh, running a business. At the moment, I am paying for my website, my insurance, the podcast hosting. I pay for Canva to create my images for social media. I pay for Linktree so that you have an easy link to click on um, on uh, Instagram so you can find what you want with ease. I pay for, hang on, I know there's more, uh, accounting software. I pay for the software to record this podcast. I pay for marketing. I, You know, there's so many, I mean, Facebook adverts, jeez Louise. I used to be able to fill an event for £30. Now it's more like 300 and I'm still struggling with bums on seats because everywhere's getting greedier and greedier and greedier. And so... There's so much that goes on when you want to run a business. And I've had abuse at every charging point. So, when I didn't charge anything when I was practicing, people didn't value. The sessions they didn't value my work they would turn up late they would not turn up at all they would um, take too much of my time because now they were had a foot in the door they would stay for two hours when they only had a half an hour session because these were really good lessons for me to learn so when I charged nothing it was not free and easy I see a lot of people on um, Facebook saying comments about, well, I don't charge anything because my gifts came directly from the spirit world. And that's absolutely fine if that's how you want to work. But it's not the space for me. I don't judge you for not charging anything. Please don't judge me for charging. And um, it is always interesting to me, the kind of snobbery that comes from people who don't value themselves. I remember sitting with a friend of mine at lunch and I may have told you this story before. She's uh, setting up a coaching business and she was telling me that she wasn't getting any clients and we were talking and I just said, out of interest, what do you charge for coaching? And she said, "Oh, £50 a session. And then I just looked at her and said, would you go to a coach that only charges £50 a session? And she said, no, I would think they were shit. And then I just stared at her for a long time and then she told me to stick it and we laughed. But it was a really interesting point because you are so much easier to do that for somebody else than it is to do it for yourself. It's so much easier to look at somebody else and say, you are not charging enough. But when it comes to charging more yourself, you get so tied up in it. So even when I was doing it for donations and free, I still had Issues, And I will tell you now that the people that had free things from me, 99% of them are not clients now. So I understand that I might have priced myself out of some people's um, pockets. But equally, they don't listen to the free podcast. They don't keep in touch. There's a huge amount of stuff that I do for free and put out there. They're not engaging with me at all. So they're never going to be your ideal client when you're not charging enough. They're not going to come with you on the journey. It's um, when I used to do farmer's markets with Home Cooked by Hannah, the people that came over and fed their whole family on the free samples never bought anything. The people that came over and took a free sample while holding a £4 Costa Coffee to tell you that £4.75 for a ready meal is too much money, never bought anything. My best clients were the clients that valued it and did massive orders once a month Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Where they would fill up their freezer and live off it for a month because they appreciated that one delivery was easier for me, that I didn't need to be there every week and they loved the food and they would spend £150 on it in one go. So it's really important for you if you are taking those tentative steps out there to start working for the spirit world, to really look at, the people you want to work with and I will tell you this the lesson that I have learned is now I charge hundred pounds for a reading I get a better quality of client I get people who are engaged who are interested who have done research who have prepared themselves for a reading I get people who want to work with me that was something I never expected so they know me They recognise me. They're excited about working with me. So they bring a better energy. And that is kind of mind-blowing to me. When I put my prices up to this, it was kind of from a point of view of I can't keep doing as many readings as I've been doing because it's costing me too much in energy. It's impacting my life. So I'm going to price myself up and see what happens. And still filling those spaces. If you look at my calendar now, I've got very few spaces up until September and that is because I've got people coming who are the right people for me and because I'm charging more, I'm able to do less, which means I have more time to focus on, like we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, the things that bring me joy. One of the things that I noticed when I was charging £25 and indeed £45 for a reading is that you would get people who just go from one reader to another. So rather than it being, I really feel like I'm in a space where I need guidance, or I really feel like I'm in a space where I'm ready to communicate with my loved ones in the spirit world, and I'm looking forward to it. You would get people that would have a reading one week with a medium, another week with me. The following week, they've got someone else booked in. The week after that, they've got someone else booked in. And that's not a healthy approach to readings. And it's certainly not a healthy space for your medium to sit in because your sitter is not really listening to what you're saying they're not being present with it they're not absorbing the energy of it they are literally ticking to see who comes up with the same stuff and different mediums do pick up different things that's why you have to work with the people you're drawn to that's why you have to immerse yourself in the energy of choice and where you are drawn and using your intuition when you book a reading with a a medium, no matter who it is and no matter what they charge. So it's such a fascinating thing and it's such a fascinating thing when you look at external presentation because although I have had people quite recently making comments on Facebook about my charging Um, There's also this weird thing happening where as I charge more and as I'm braver with the venues that I book for my demonstrations, people are starting to congratulate me like I'm achieving something incredible. Glastonbury is a really good one. So I'm going to Glastonbury next month. And let me tell you how that came about. I was thinking about places I want to visit and the idea of tying in the places that I want to visit with a demonstration to, you know, working it that way. So rather than just keep, I've been trying, as you know, to contact venues, people aren't getting back to me. I'm getting frustrated with it. So rather than doing it that way of I feel like I should be here and trying to find a venue, I'm going to do it in reverse. I feel like I want to visit this place, I want to spend a few days there, I want to be experiencing that that area, there's things I want to see there, things I want to do there, I'm going to find a venue that works in that space and the reverse is working. So I put out on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere, I'm coming to Glastonbury and people started messaging me, congratulating me now, I think that's partly because of Glastonbury Festival. Um, I'm not on the triangle stage yet, guys. Um, and you wouldn't really want me to sing. It would be horrendous. But um, people started messaging me saying congratulations. And that was kind of like, I was like, what? And it's so interesting how it's perceived externally that I booked a venue and I'm now advertising to sell tickets for said venue But in the general public's view, I've achieved something amazing in that. So if you are looking at me and saying, wow, she's working here, she's doing this, she's doing that. uh, With the exception of Texas, which Jennifer Fezio has invited me to. Everything else that you see, I have created. I have found the venue and I have booked it. And now I am asking spirit to help me fill them. London um Hol- Holborn that I'm going to in November tickets on sale now please come and see me um which I've tried to find somewhere that is easy to get to from St Pancras so if you're coming in uh, to London and you're traveling it's a Friday night so you can make a weekend of it trying to think like that for people because everyone's always messaging me saying come here come there and I you know I'm not omnipresent yet no matter how hard I try um But that was absolutely petrifying. I had to pay several thousand pounds to rent that venue up front. So I had to bet on myself. The spirit world did not give me several thousand pounds and say, there you go, we believe in you. I had to step up and prove that I believed in me and invest in myself think I've gone off on a rabbit hole here but I just wanted to talk about these things because it's very interesting when you are watching other mediums and you are seeing them online and you think I want to be able to do that one day but you just sit and wait I thought I wanted to do that one day so I have started booking venues and expanding my area and taking a punt on myself. It might be an unmitigated disaster. I might be recording you a podcast at the end of November and just going four people turned up and I made a four grand loss. <laughs> but I don't think it will be. But I have to bet-, bet on myself. I have to back myself. So please bear that in mind. And this is another thing. If I don't charge for my readings, I haven't got the money to invest in myself and back myself. So it's important to value the work that you are doing. One of the things I think is interesting is when we say, well, I haven't got as much experience as other mediums, so I'll charge less, which I do understand. And I have done too. But if you are communicating with spirit and you are getting the information from spirit it's almost a little bit like saying my guides aren't as good as your guides (laughs) Um, and I know it's not I know it's a self reflection thing but also how is it viewed externally certainly if you are like me and you are investing in your development and have invested in your development i really think it's important that you charge to be able to at least recoup that money or pay for the courses and experiences you want to do i remember when i was first you know moving out into the world to do readings for spirit and i wouldn't charge but then i would cry that there were courses that i wanted to do that i couldn't afford to go on and it was just a stuck rut. Spirit was saying, charge. I was saying, no, I can't. You don't really want me to charge. That must be my greed coming up, not charging anything. And then saying to the spirit "Well, can you manifest me enough money to do that course? And they were saying, yes, charge for readings. And I was saying, no, I can't do that. And so we sat in this cycle going round and round and round for ages. So again, I know that it's uncomfortable, but actually charging is really important. It means that you are stepping into a professional energy for your clients. It means you need to step yourself up the way that you work, the way that you interact, the way that you present. You need to, oh, the other thing I pay for I pay for a booking software, I pay card fees, you know, I pay for my bank account. There are so many aspects and charges to being professional and being in business. But there are so many people in need. And what you will find, or what I've certainly found, is that when you're not charging, it's very hard to prioritise your business. Because if you've got, like I've got, a husband who's who's now more of a believer than they were, but at the time was like, I don't really know what this woo-woo stuff is that you're doing, and then you are working in evenings or you can't cook dinner for everyone or you can't do this or you can't pick the kids up from school because you're doing a reading and you you are asking your partner to take on, which they, they should be, I'm not saying they shouldn't be, but we all know how it works, in that kind of I can't do anything tonight or I need your help with this or just that I'm so tired, I'm so exhausted. That was my one. I'm so tired, I'm so exhausted, I've done so many readings. When your partner turns to you and says why are you doing this what's the point point? and you can say well I'm working for the spirit world it's my calling but actually bringing in some money from that kind of backs it up as well it kind of makes it more more proper <laughs> I know for my husband when I start I mean I haven't made a profit yet in full disclosure guys but that's because I keep investing in my future it's coming it's coming but um I know when money started coming in I was able to sort of say to my husband look and it started to grow in validity rightly or wrongly so there's so many things to think about but the biggest one for me is the one that spirit always say to me which is don't think of money as money <laughs> think of it as an energy and What you want in a reading scenario, whether you are doing a loved one in spirit or a psychic reading or you're working with cards, you're working with spirit guides, whatever reading you are doing, you want there to be an energetic blending. You want there to be someone sat in front of you who is energetically invested in that reading. And the majority of people that pay for readings bring more than people who don't it 's why I stopped doing gift vouchers because people would buy the gift voucher for somebody else who wasn 't energetically invested in it they didn 't really want a reading they 'd been forced into it and it 's really important to think about that think about the energy of it because that impacts your ability to read it impacts what you 're what you 're getting. I can tell you this as somebody who does um, the occasional giveaway, the occasional this, there's, there's a, you know, have a space on this course, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. In the majority of cases, and I do mean over ninety percent of them, the people that get a free space do not honour it. They do not um, bring their best game. They do not prioritise it. In fact, in recent times, the people that I've given free spaces to have not even turned up for sessions. What does that tell you? Now, of course, there are exceptions to every rule, so I will continue to do what I can, but it's interesting, isn't it? You can have 15 people on a course that have paid £300 and really want to be there, and one person who had the free competition prize and they don't even show up. So it's okay to charge. And really, I know I drive my husband mad with this. He's a financial advisor, in case you guys don't know. But money is an energy. It's not really real, is it? It's really hard to say to people in financial services, um, you know, money isn't that different from the spirit world. You can't see it, but you know it's there and it has value. And they go, yeah, but, yeah, but, just purely because there's numbers on a screen. But it's not like we're Scrooge McDuck, we're not diving into a massive barrel of gold and going, woohoo, you can't physically touch it. It is essentially an energy. So why are you pinching yourself off? Something to think about, and I would love your thoughts, your comments, your um, ideas, but... It definitely is that thing where I've been through all of the different ways of charging and I'm pretty comfortable with my price point now. I am. I've done a lot of research into what other mediums charge and there are mediums with podcasts who charge uh, $1,000 for a reading um there are people that i I know when Kyle Gray was doing readings and i went to i was wanted one with him. It was three hundred and thirty three pounds and that was several years ago and i um I thought he was worth it. I was waiting I was trying to save up enough money, and then he closed his books and stopped doing them. dang nam it, but um. You have to just be where you want to be. I don't want to price myself um, and make it so difficult for people that want to work with me that they can't work with me. But equally, I do want to get the right people in front of me. And that's basically where I am at the moment. The other thing is, people shouldn't be having readings on a regular, regular basis. It's not like having a haircut. You shouldn't be going every couple of months. Really, I believe that you should get possibly a, you know, spiritual assessment or card reading once a year, maybe twice a year if a lot is changing. But apart from that, you need that time to integrate what they've told you to do. So it, it's not a case of you have one and then you need another and you need another and you need another. It shouldn't be like that. It should be a annual, maybe even less than that, investment in yourself. And as for evidential communications, there will come a point where it doesn't serve you any value to keep communicating with your loved ones. Once they have proven that they are around and that they still exist in the spirit world, and that life continues after physical death, that's kind of the job done. And I understand if you really miss somebody, and you've got a child in spirit, and you want to continue communicating with them and things like that. But from a point of view of me, where I haven't lost anyone that's had devastating impacts on me, I've lost people that I wish I hadn't, and I've but it's not been like it has been. You know, my aunt in spirit, it's not been for me like it has been for my uncle. Um, He's lost his partner, his soulmate, his everything. And I have lost an aunt that I was devastated to lose. But my life has continued pretty much as it was just with missing her. I would communicate with her once and then that is it. I don't get... um, paid readings I mean I have been recently because I've been seeking as you know from being real podcast what is actually what people are actually doing and having a look at what the real benchmark is rather than what I told myself it was but aside from that yeah so chew it over guys and let me know your thoughts I'm really really interested in your take on this um, because we're all just trying to feel our way through it aren't we and be a good person and be a good ambassador for the spirit world and do the learning that we want to do and help the people that we want to help and finding that space in there, it's a challenge. So thank you very much for listening. I really, as always, appreciate all your support and I will catch up with you again soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim?